Violet's Five Questions, a deep dive into deep conversations. Violet is designing a future where the last stage of life is recognised and planned for and more honest and open conversations are possible. We're working to close the gap between what people hope for and what happens. Violet's Five Questions were created in collaboration with Dr. Catherine Mannix, palliative care physician and author of Listen, How to Find the Words for Tender Conversations. I'm your host, Annie Fox, Head of Brand and Community at Violet, and I have the privilege of asking our guests these five questions. We hope this podcast will inspire your own self-reflection practice and give you new insights and tools for approaching complex conversations in your professional life and beyond. Today, we're chatting to Terry Solar, Managing Director of Conversus Leaders. Hello, Terry, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Great to be here. Before we get stuck into the five questions, I know from previous conversations that we've had that you are a person that likes to prepare. So I'm curious to know how you prepared for coming into this reflective space, ready to think back on a conversation you've had, a high stakes conversation you've had and unravel it with me here today. The way that I prepare is I move and think at the same time. So I need to be walking in order to be reflecting And so I took myself off and I take myself back into nature and I actually have a recorder. So I record myself whilst I'm, I talk to myself pretty much. Um, It feels like, (laughs) well, it just feels easier to kind of get my thoughts together. And especially when we are asked to reflect backwards, there is something about thinking about that moment, you know, around a difficult conversation or, or one that was, important enough to be had, even though it was challenging. Okay, well, before we dive into the questions, do you want to share with us, just in in one or two sentences, the conversation that you'll be reflecting on with us today? First conversation that sprung to mind was my father, probably around 13 years ago, had had a heart attack. So he was in his early 80s at the time. And I remember dealing with the doctors who reckoned that then he needed a triple bypass. My father, being a particularly eccentric and wonderful man, said, there is no way you're going to give me a triple bypass at 80. Um, If you open me up, it's like an old car. You will find a lot of things wrong. So let me go. Being part of the medical system, there were a number of incredibly difficult human conversations we had to have around choice and what that means, especially with the knowledge that leaving hospital without going through that might mean that he had to die. So the conversations were with the medical fraternity, with my mother, with my siblings around what mattered to him. So the first question, what were you bringing with you into the conversation? Another way to think about it is what were the unnamed ingredients that you brought with you? I was bringing in a lot of stuff. I was bringing in a lot of anxiety around listening to somebody's choice. I mean, it was an interesting thing because his choice was to die rather than to have an operation. So all of my emotion and responsibility to have that conversation was bringing in a sense of taking up and being incredibly kind of close to hearing what somebody needed. So I had to kind of be empathetic. I had to step out of my own need, my own desire, my own hope, and trust 
him, my dad, that he was making the decision that was right for him. I was bringing in the responsibility of holding the emotions and the losses of my entire family. And that felt incredibly hard. But I was also bringing in this extraordinary sense of awe around somebody who was so clear around what they needed to do. And I could not go past that. What mattered most to you going into the conversation and potentially how did that evolve? So what mattered most to me was the idea of hearing, really listening to being available and present to what the needs were, but not to be bullied by the experts, Um, not to be told what to do, but rather to have a very, very clear sense of what needed to be done. So it might not have been the right decision, but it was something that we needed to sit with and not rely on others to make that decision for us. So I think what mattered most was a little bit of a sense of control, and that's for ourselves as a family, but certainly that my father was able to kind of have agency. Did you set an agenda, and what was the role of control versus holding space? I mean, there were multiple conversations that needed to be happening at that particular point in time. So there was a conversation with my father, which required listening to him and understanding and questioning. There was a conversation with the rest of my family, which was around letting go and the potential of loss. But the the, the conversation that was most challenging, interestingly enough, was the conversation with the so-called experts, the ones that didn't want to let him leave the hospital because they felt like if they did, they weren't performing a duty of care. I'm not sure what it was. So it felt like I needed to move beyond what we call the technical, the kind of sense of the operation might save him, to what he valued most and to a values conversation around what is most important to him. So there was a general sense of no agenda, I think that I was fired up and clear in terms of purpose. I wasn't going to leave without the conversation happening. I was kind of shoved from pillar to post in terms of who I could talk to and who was prepared to sign it off. But I think I held steady. And I think that in that got some feedback at the end of it from one of the doctors on that team who said, um, was quite grateful that there was a kind of sense without being bullish was a kind of sense of really being present to what was needed. So I don't know if I did it well or not, but I think that maybe part of it was creating the holding space for us collectively to learn. And that's not an easy thing to do. What was the role of silence? I love silence and I don't shy away from silence It's an underestimated um, strategy to have a really good conversation because what it does is it gives people the opportunity to pause and think. So we're not just in debate. We actually are in generative conversation, which is really useful. I also think that silence creates this kind of almost heat in the moment of conversation that goes, I can't be flippant about this. I need to actually consider what it is. I think it's underestimated 
And I think that people tend to fill the void and the void is often filled with nonsense and the silence is often more powerful. And Terry, to finish, if you could go back and do it again, would you do anything differently? Probably. I think we always will do things differently if we're prepared to learn. I think there were moments where emotion would have been helpful. So I might have done it differently in terms of showing my own true vulnerability. I know I was vulnerable. I know that I was in pain. But when I was talking to the experts, I was talking with a confidence that kind of said, I know what I'm doing. And I sometimes think that vulnerability, emotionality, which is real and authentic, is incredibly powerful. So it would have been okay for me to sob in front of people. I wouldn't have kind of lost any authority in that discussion. So yes, I would have changed that and I might have paced it. I think that might have been quite useful. It is fair to say that we got my father discharged and somehow, miraculously, he lived another 10 years. Terry, wow. (laughs) So he did not die and he went home and he died at home 10 years later with a strong heart. Terry, thank you so much for joining me and for taking me and our listeners into such a personal space and being willing to go there. I'm always just so grateful for the perspective you provide, always so unique. And I know that our listeners will appreciate that too. So thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. So thank you for inviting me. Violet's five questions can also help you create your own reflective practice around complex or high stakes conversations. And if those conversations are related to the last stage of life, you can chat to a Violet guide to get the guidance you may need. Jump onto violet.org.au or dial 1-800-VIOLET to find out more.